There's a man who's now becoming very famous on TikTok, <laughs> Dr. Randy Ortel. Good morning, Doc. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Good you? morning. So, so now, now, I mean, sure, your story reads like a Hollywood story. <laughs> so let's just go to the beginning and unpack that because the headlines that you'll read is taxi driver now becomes medical doctor. Mm. Yeah, essentially, I mean, I, I was born in Breed Manenburg, grew up there, went to primary school in Manenburg, high school in Mowbray at Roadside. And uh, got into Stellenbosch University to study medicine. Well, at that time, it was a short-term dream because, to be honest, uh, I just loved school. I was always inquisitive. I uh, applied for everything under the sun, uh, engineering, law, dentistry. I just applied and uh, I got accepted for everything. And uh, obviously, I discussed with my parents when the acceptance letter came. He says that so flippantly. I got accepted for everything. Okay. <laughs> From engineering <laughs> to dentistry. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm, I think I'm just a generalist person. I enjoy people. Mm. And uh, eventually, when all the acceptance letters came, I just discussed it with my parents. And my dad said, you're going to be a doctor. People are always sick. And that was it. I mean, that was just the words that I probably needed. I started med school. I never looked back. And the taxi driving, where does mm. that come into the story? Yeah, so uh, look, I mean, I got bursaries uh, to pay for tuition fees. It, it, it was just never enough. I mean, mm. studying medicine is insane in terms of the pricing. Um, well, the pricing is justified, so let me not, you know, criticize the universities. And um, I needed essentials. I looked at uh, jobs around at that time. Mm. Average rate at that time was 10 rand per hour. So I needed to think, uh, you know, if I work 12 hours, I only get 120 rand. Mm. And um, one day the penny just dropped. Uh, why don't you just be a taxi driver? So that was in my third year. I needed to be 21 because you need to have a PDP, professional driving permit, because I was very conservative because mm -hmm. I know I'm studying to be a doctor. I couldn't have any criminal records or those type of things on my ID by the time I qualified. So I just wanted to do things according to the book. So as a taxi driver, you stuck to the speed limit. Well, you are, <laughs> but uh, your foot is not. Yeah. <laughs> you never jumped a red robot as a taxi driver. Uh, eh? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that with a pinch of salt. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes I had to, um, you know. Out of necessity. But cautiously. So I also practiced like just in case I was driving a passenger in the back, you know. Mm. So I just put the hazards on so it doesn't look so bad. You then know? you go, it's an emergency. I'm a doctor. Well, I didn't say that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, I learned a whole lot of stuff while driving a taxi. And yes, I did drive in the neighborhood I grew up in. I drove from Manenburg to town. So that's all the way from Manenburg, Gatesville, Athlone, Mowbray, all the way up the main road to town. So, Doc, when those two professions mm. come together, you'd make one hell of an ambulance <laughs> driver, hey? What I can add is, is the skills that I picked up while driving a taxi. Mm. It's phenomenal. These people's skills. And it teaches you emotional intelligence. One thing that I've found with doctors, it's, it's all about the, the doctor that you feel most comfortable with. Correct. And you all learn from the same book. You all interpret it in different ways, though. Sure. But it's your, your bedside manner. Correct. And, and, and the trust. I mean, when I go to a doctor <laughs> with an issue, the yeah. one thing I want to hear, comfort. Mm. You want to hear, yeah, it's going around. Mm. Everybody's got mm. it. And mm. two... Yeah, no, it's going to be mm. fine. You'll be mm. okay. You know, when you've got a doctor who's now going to go, oh, okay, we're going to have to send you for a test, Joe. We're going to have to yeah. send you for a test there. You're gonna it's have to not send looking good. Yeah. And, and, and um, I've heard that there are like some doctor cartels where the cousin is a radiologist, mm. the uncle is a pulmonologist. Mm. You mm. go in for the flu. Now you're going to the pulmonologist because mm. you've got a lung function test mm. happening. Mm. He sends you to the radiologist. They're all just clipping the ticket on you. It probably happens in the private sector only. <laughs> because, um, because uh, you know, in the state, it's obviously governed. And, and there's a queue. And there's a queue, and we've got a waiting list, and so forth. And, and there's no real financial gain. There's no financial gain. 
so the ethics, you know, I also love the ethics and I do speak to that quite a lot because I also sometimes tell patients, just use your common sense and patients are entitled for a second opinion. And I always, I always do you get offended when I say that? No. Doc, I'm going to go for a second oh. opinion. Why, why, why should I get offended? Everybody, you, own, you all have your own values and principles. Mm. And that is why I'm not afraid to get onto TikTok and, and, and speak to medical things. Obviously, I make sure I stay within the parameters of, of, of what the Health Professions Council advises us to do. Mm. And, I, and I stay within the ethical parameters. And how do you feel about all the patients nowadays, all the Google doctors out there? Yeah. Because every time I have been wrong. Mm. I walked into a, a heart surgeon and I said, Doc, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. Yeah. I said, Doc, I've Googled it, and it says 10 signs you're having a heart attack. Mm. I got nine of them. Mm. He says, yeah, well, you induced six of them. Mm. You convinced yourself. Mm. Was I having a heart attack? No. No, you were not. And I wasted five grand on a – on a. I was on the treadmill. I was on the – was it the angiogram? Yeah, angiogram suite, yeah. Yeah. I said, Doc, I'm dying. He just said, (laughs) okay, go through the tests. Okay, so just to comfort you. You didn't waste five grand. Yeah. At least you got a result that you're all normal. Yeah. So you didn't waste five grand. And I mean that you could just interpret those tests as screening, which is probably yeah. great. Because you know what's funny though, Doc, is that as soon as he said to me, you're not having a heart attack, mm. I had zero symptoms. Of course. Because I mean, anxiety plays a huge role. Why, mm. do, why do patients do that? Why do we take ourselves to the brink when we actually don't have all the information? So that's multifactorial. People just don't have the knowledge or the ignorant at the time mm. and I mean I'm not insulting anybody mm. I mean it took us six to seven years to get through medical school mm. so I mean somebody that reads one paragraph on Google thinking that they can make a diagnosis obviously wrong because you don't have the practical exposure I think Google just protects themselves so they rather give the worst symptom mm. so that the person can go and seek a second opinion because even in medical science if I'm a doctor and I refer to the second doctor I am still responsible for that patient in transit until the second doctor lays hands on the patient. That's, that's medical law. I need to make sure that it's absolutely safe to transport this patient in whatever means, helicopter, ambulance, own car, taxi, whatever you decide. The advice that you give that patient, you must make sure they get to the second provider as safe as possible. So anywhere on social media, I do exactly the same. If people ask me to consult them on social media, I mean, that's bad habits, man. Because, I mean, sometimes I ask people, they ask me, can they have my number? I'm saying, okay, can I first send you my bank account details? Mm. And then you send me proof of payment, and then I send you my number. Send me a couple of roses. You know? So, um, you know, I don't want to sound that, that, that conceited sometimes because you know yeah. people are in distress. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's just the, the lack of common sense that we sometimes have. You know, people get you in the mall, they all of a sudden they run up to you and then they just want to ask you. No, I don't mind. I'm very open. Can mm-hmm. you check this rash, please, yeah. Doc? Yeah. So, so uh, this rash. It depends which spot it is. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's obviously the fun that we have. And I mean, I'm, I'm very open. I'm very charismatic with my patients. So, yeah. so, so patients that consult me or, you know, that comes and sees me, they know exactly how I operate. Now, here's the thing. You've got to give it in the language they understand. Yeah. Now, English and Afrikaans and Corsa and Pedi and whatever, that's all the official languages. But mm. what language does the patient know? Yeah. You've got to know the lingo of the patient. Mm. So, I think that's what makes me successful uh, in Cape Town mm. and, and, and you're so correct If the patient is comfortable oh, They just let out information right? yeah. And also and you're speaking to a doctor Who grew up in my community Who looks like mm. me yeah. Culture mm. connection yeah. You yeah. know, is so important yeah. And uh, not a lot of people Pay attention to that yeah, you, you just hit the nail on the head But I did my masters In family medicine So that's what we call Primary health care mm. So primary health care is, 
is any doctor that sees the patient first up. Mm-hmm. And we call it the undifferentiated patient because the patient doesn't know what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Right? If we speak about a differentiated patient, it's like, for instance, okay, I've made a diagnosis. You've got a heart attack. You need an angiogram. So when you go to the specialist, he doesn't, he doesn't have to look at anything else. Just mm. do the angiogram mm. because that's his speciality. Mm. So can you understand why primary health care is so difficult? Now, I look at the patients holistically. So they come to me with complaints. They are only going to verbalize what they are comfortable with. Mm. And that's what we call a symptom. Mm. There are things that I need to look for, which I call a sign. Mm-hmm. So if somebody sits in front of me and they complain of headaches, of course, I'm going to ask them the questions. Where's the headache? You know, does it, where does it spread to? What does it feel like? Mm. Etc. Mm. Nine times out of ten patients that come to me with headaches has got tension headaches and it's related to stress. Mm. The minute I ask them about the contextual background, right. are you working? What's happening? The first thing is they burst into tears. Uh, my kids on drugs, uh, my husband's abusive, there's an extramarital affair, etc. Mm. Now already I've got a diagnosis. Mm. So what I'm saying is, I actually ask them, do you think a tablet will help your problem? Because mm. patients are so used to, they must walk out with a packet Treating of tablets. Treating the symptom, not the cause. Of course. What is the the big thing that we're facing that, that the majority of people on TikTok mm. ask you? So the most common thing at the moment is PCOS. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome amongst females. Wow. So that's the question they're asking me. But the underlying factor that's the problem is their fertility status. Mm. So they can't conceive. Mm. People are not going to come out and say, Doc, I've been trying for a while. Mm. Yeah. Now that thing is multifactorial because it's always the females that are seeking advice. Mm. Yeah. But... Could what be the guy. What if the partner, you know, could I be ha- shooting blanks? Has an empty bag, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Why are men so hesitant to ask these kinds of questions? I mean, you find that with women, if there's something that is painful or that's mm. uncomfortable, mm. we'll go to the doctor. Mm. Men don't. Men don't. I think it's just how society, you know, has, has shaped us and formed us over yeah. the years. I mean, even I am biased a little bit on TikTok mm-hmm. because when I look at my analytics, I'm actually speaking to more female topics than male topics mm-hmm. because I try and see what the interest is that is generated by the questions. But when I do speak about male topics, right, mm. I get a lot of views, but it doesn't get shared along no. because people uh, think when they shade, it will be pinned back to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, that, so, so, so that's, that, that's guys. Mm. So, so that is actually one of my plans going into the future. I want to do something where males are concerned mm. because it's unnecessary to catch prostate cancer so late, man. Mm. I mean, we've only got one pipe that we pee from. Mm. So, I mean, is how difficult is it mm. to diagnose there's a problem with one pipe? Mm. Yeah. yeah. That it's struggling to come out. Mm. Yeah. So, I speak on their level. Mm. Guys, how difficult is it? But you know what they're afraid of? Is the rectal exam with a finger. Mm. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. So, there's ways around it. So, that's why I'm saying it's informed consent. So, I can tell the patient, look, if you are uncomfortable with me doing a digital exam, let me train your wife or your partner how to do it. That can be done at home mm. because all they need to do is, is just to feel if that thing is rock hard and if it's got bumps on it. Mm. Mm. Then we go to the next step, which is... So what, what is so when you say rock hard, now you know what rock hard prostate feels like. So what is rock hard? So I'll tell the lady, can you feel this table? It doesn't make any indentation. The prostate gland is a, is, is, is a gland. So, I mean, if you press on it, it's soft. It should, should move. I mean, you should be able to make a, an indentation. So if you can't, it's hard. And I mean, the patient will say, ah, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sore or it's hurting. I mean, a digital exam is a screening test. Mm. I mean, you can only get your finger, you know, that high. Those are the things that I pay attention to is how to train people 
Now remember it's only screening So if they raise the alarm The next step is obviously ultrasound um, And then we'll do a biopsy etc So now what I explain to patients In order to get a biopsy It's invasive I must still put the ultrasound probe up your rectum Mm. And then I've got a wire that I shoot and I take a piece of your prostate. Mm-hmm. So mm. why would you want to go through something invasive like that where I could just do a digital exam mm. or I can do a blood test? Yeah. So I put all the options on the table and I give the patient a chance to decide. It's your health. It's your health. You must take ownership. Mm. I'm giving you all the options here. Mm. So you come back to me when you're ready. But at the end of the day, I don't want the patient on my table that's, you know, that's blowing up their cheeks mm. because mm. the wife is dragging them there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, what are what are the main oh, signs, uh, symptoms of prostate? Of prostate. Okay, yeah. so the prostate is a gland. I mean, yeah. th- th- that's and then your urethra comes after that. So, I mean, you, you you pee through your urethra. So, if the prostate gland is swollen, I mean, you you you're gonna have the sensation that you wants to go. You want to go to the bathroom to pass urine, but you're gonna just stand long because the the bladder needs to contract. And create enough pressure to overcome the pressure that the blockage of the prostate is causing in that pipe. Mm. So number one, your pee takes long to come out. Number two, you've got constant infections because you've got that urine that stays behind when that last little bit is caught up by that by that pressure. Mm. So I mean, they got pain. So that's what we call the lower u- urinary tract symptoms. It could also be what is it? Prostat- prostata- prostatitis, yes. Prostatitis. So, yes. so, so, so I'm glad you're mentioning that. So the itis part in medicine, anything with itis at the end, I-T-I-S, means inflammation. Oh. Okay. I-T-I-S means inflammation. So prostatitis, it's inflammation of the prostate. Right. If you've got tonsillitis, it's inflammation of your tonsils. I just learned something now. Bronchitis? It's inflammation of your bronchus. Of the bronchi of the bronchi of the of the bronco. Oh, the bronchi we're in school. So yes, three no. people here now. So you each owe me nine hundred rand. <laughs> That's two thousand seven hundred rand, eh? You guys all owe me a, a nine hundred bucks. Eh? So hey, when, but we on we on government here. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fine. I mean, we'll ask for the subsidy. You pay the difference. I'll just say we're all unemployed, Doc. We're unemployed. Okay, we'll, we'll bring me your sasa cord. <laughs> so, so prostatitis is just an infection. So there's right? so there's there's an infection or there's inflammation. Yeah, I mean, if your if your prostate glands also swollen, you can also get constipation because I mean that's that's the back part. So I mean, right. they must come and say these are my symptoms. Yeah. So it comes down to truth telling as well. So yeah. I can tell you now from my experience, I mean, I've been a doctor for, for 12, 13 years now. I mean, I can see when a patient is lying, man. It happens a lot in December. People want to go for shopping on holiday and then they go to the doctor with back pain because they want a sick note. That's medicalizing what you want to do. Mm. So just mm. come to the doctor and say, look, I don't want to go to work instead of lying to me. Mm. So then I'll say, look, there's different options, man. I mean, have you been out for the last eight weeks? No, you haven't. You can, you're allowed to take a day. Because you're putting me in a predicament. Mm. Because if your HR company phones me, mm. so what am I going to tell them? What did I write on the form? Mm, mm. So I can sometimes say, okay, uh, back pain, I agree. And I go and look for the problem. Mm. So, so that's just the type of person I am. I mean, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm ethical, I'm open, I'm upright. And, and, and you need to empower people because that's the way we're going to move forward as this country. Mm. I think we need a little bit of more ethics and leadership and so forth. And, and actually explaining to people the repercussions of these things. Because remember, according to the act, if I give you a sick note, that's a recommendation that I'm making. Your mm. HR is not obligated to accept that recommendation. Really? They're not obligated. So a sick note is just... That's a recommendation. Because what I'm saying is, I'm certifying that you cannot do your work, which you are employed for, due to X, Y, and Z. I mean, if your HR is on top of things and they say, okay, we don't need you behind the mic, but you can work from home. And that stands. And that stands.
But what mm. I just want to jump onto is, is, is what you said, uh, or what you asked me, what are the trends that come through on TikTok? Mm. So the medical conditions are obviously things like, like PCOS, especially in females, mm -hmm. okay? So basically you're having your menstrual cycle regularly or irregularly, mm. but there's no egg. Mm -hmm. mm. So there's nothing to fertilize yeah. because there's a whole lot of cysts um, uh, around there. So, so those patients or those females typically is obese, mm. but the fat is distributed abdominally. Mm. Mm. So you've got abdominal fat. Which is the worst fat. Which is I've the read. worst fat to yeah. have. Around right? all the organs. Around all the organs. Like the gut. Compressing, mm. compressing on the ovaries, etc. They get male features like they start growing a mustache. Uh, the voice starts to deepen. They get this bad acne. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. because essentially what happens is the female hormone estrogen gets turned over into the male hormone testosterone. Mm. Oh. Because in the fat, ha have, have you seen that that story that's gone pretty viral, where this um, lady said she came off the pill, and and after she came off the pill, with the hormone changes, she was like, mm. okay, I don't like guys anymore. Okay, I now like women. So remember the pill that we give you has got chemicals inside. Mm -hmm. It's got the estrogen. It's got the progesterone, and it's basically mimicking the hormones of your menstrual cycle. Right. So, so we are just doing it medically. We know estrogen levels goes up first, then estrogen level drops, then progesterone comes up because it tells the, the uterus there's no baby coming, so it can start to have a period. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in those pills that you are taking, that's why you need to take a pill a day because there's a different uh, constituency of the hormone in every pill. Mm -hmm. That is why sometimes we can say start on the red pill mm -hmm. or start here. Mm -hmm. Because we also want to regulate your cycle. If I just think about it superficially, there's a possibility, but I obviously want to see that patient myself. Mm. Because I'm from Manenburg, eh? I mean, I'm from Manenburg. I must make sure. Mm. Yeah. Just make sure. <laughs> I must make sure. <laughs> because you don't know who was visiting yeah. her while she was on the pole. You know? <laughs> Maybe it was a lady that's got a lot of money, you know? So uh, now people are picking it onto the pole. So as a doctor, I was always taught by one of my professors, I won't mention his name. Maybe he won't like me saying this. A doctor is first a detective and then he's a doctor. Mm. Because the history taking in any consultation is the most important factor of that consultation. Because my examination is going to rule in or rule out what I got from the history. But, but I just think in the past, people were never exposed to doctors. Mm. So I can see the benefit of, of, of being around the community. Because I had to ask myself, where do I want to be? Mm. I've worked abroad. I mean, you're just another st uh, statistic in that country, and obviously I went for the benefits because I went for the money. Mm. So, so that's great. But I mean, the money only lasts for so long. I mean, mm. you know, I, I went there, I did the business, I was well loved, you know, um, I saw the patients. Where, where, where was I was it? in the US. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, and then, I mean, I, I worked on cruise ships as well. So, uh, I mean, I saw the world, mm. all, all walks of life. And then it just pinned back to me that, look, um, Manenberg is actually not that bad. Mm. Because mm. we also got people there that's got two eyes, one nose, and two ears. Mm. You know, mm. it's not different in the rest of the world. We've at least got roads. I mean, I've, I've been to parts of the world that th there's no mm. roads. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's no infrastructure. Mm. Um, there's no electricity. Mm. It's not that's, all green on the other it's side. It's not all green. And then mm. you just don't get to hear about it. Yeah. And that's also one of the reasons I went on to TikTok. It's actually just to expose people to a color doctor. Let me just put it that way. Mm. Colorful doctor that speaks ham. Mm. Yes, man. Right? So <laughs> you can relate to, yeah. to, to, to what I'm saying, mm. you know? And, and, and then we take it from there because it's a language that you can't buy. So tell what you must. Tell <laughs> what you must, bro. <laughs> and just be liquor. And just, just be, be liquor or, or, or whatever. So, 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 I mean, I understand. So I yeah. even, there's even words that I pick up from my consultations from patients 
So, color people like to see the dungus, man, the dungus. Uh, mm. Now, what, what is dungus? Mm. So, those are the things I asked them, you know. What oh, dungus is feeling so Yeah, yeah. As, as dungus, man, as, as mm. dungus. Mm. Uh, mm. Now, now, I just look at them like, but now I can see with the sign language what they're trying to mm. show. Now, say, okay, as he dungus, your score. Mm. And they say, yes, it's my shoulder. So, I'm like, okay, <laughs> tell me what's happening there. Uh. Of, of, or, or sometimes the patients will say, ach, doctor, they weet, ek praat hier nog lekker Engels hier. Ek krijg sooi brand as ek Engels praat. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it is maybe just a platform that I create. Mm. So, so maybe that's mm. another thing for me in the pipeline. Mm. It's actually just dawned on me now. I can maybe just do a medical comedy show. Eh? Yeah. You could, Doc. You know what? With all the stuff that I, with all the stuff that I see in the in the, in the community. Call it dingus, yeah. Doc, uh, <laughs> I absolutely love your vibe. Mm. I really do. You've you've got an incredible <laughs> way with conveying a message, mm. and I, I can see why you're a very successful doctor. For sure. Well, I had to study. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't. That was I, the, the base. I, did, I didn't That's smoke. My, I didn't smoke my notes for it to get into my brain, because uh, when I do these matrix sessions, you know, you always yeah. get uh, the one uh, popular person at the back that now mm. wants to, to draw the crowd and say, mm. "Ah, doc, you know what? I just, you know, write all my notes on a paper, roll it up, and smoke it. Gets into my gets brain. In your brain. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I, I want to see you in January. <laughs> <laughs> you come and see me in January, okay? That's if I don't come and see you at forensics after you've committed suicide, Whoa, you know? So, so, so these things, so people mm. do things that they think it's cool, mm. but the repercussions. But you know why it also happens? It's multifactorial, man. There's no, there's no guidance. If mm. I take it for myself, I had no guidance in Manabook. Mm. I, I had no guidance. I literally needed to seek and to ask. And that's why I tell people there's no silly question. At the moment, like now, there's only about three GPs in Manenburg mm. and, and mm. they're they of the older guys because they I mean I mean they know what gang fights is the gangsters know them mm. etc you're not going to get a new guy that's going to come in there now mm. that's going to open up a practice that's going to be brand new and now all of a sudden excited for Manenburg and at like three o'clock in the morning mm. you get knocks on mm. the door we mm. need you look if you're referring to me I mean that's that's what happens mm. and, and I yeah. mean I do it yeah. I do it for my community mm. yeah. because you know what that sometimes that minute counts because yeah. the other problem that we are faced with is that the ambulance service does not get into Manenburg without a police escort. Mm. Yeah. It's a red zone. Mm. So how do we work around those factors? So I'm somebody, um, I'm, I'm, I'm always inquisitive and I'm always trying to strategize and look at a plan. I sensitize the community to these things and I actually ask them to call out the people that are causing the problems. Mm. Now, that is why I always tell the authorities, tell me when it happens in Manenburg. Phone me privately if you don't want to mention the person's name or... Just tell me who it is. I've been on school with the gang leaders. The, the, the current leadership of gangs mm. is, is in my age category. We've been to school. We, we speak. I talk to the guys. I'm not this doctor that's untouchable or, you know, that they can't peer amongst the community. And we understand each other. We just got different business traits. And, and they might need you. Look, they always need me. Mm. And you know the beauty is I don't need them because I don't use the stuff they sell. Mm. I'm just making an example. Mm. But I mean, we, I, 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 mean I, was, I was doing that sarcastically now because I thought you guys were going to catch the joke, but you didn't. No, 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 I did. <laughs> but, I did. I'm just but, so entrenched yeah. in, in what you're saying. Yeah. You, 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 it's mesmerizing the way you speak. So You're hypnotist as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I failed that subject on medical school. Eh? No, I'm joking. You didn't do that as well. Um, you know, you've you, 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 you got to capture people in their way. Mm. Kids see me in the community. They say, hey, look at doctor vision. Mm. Of equal this study or I want to study that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's sit down. Mm. So sometimes you can see uh, this person is, they, they're going to miss yeah. completely. Yeah. Mm. But mm. you don't say that up front because yeah. I never judge a book by its cover. Mm. People judge me. So you work with them, you tell them which subjects to take and so forth, right? When it comes to preparing for the university, I write motivation letters and so forth because that's great. I mean, I've got a letterhead, that's a doctor, it's stamped. Mm. So when they apply to university and they get in, 
that's the hard part because now I've got to keep them in. Mm. Mm. Because the pressures at university, yeah. you know, I'm telling you, it's through the roof. Mm. I mean, we've got an issue that people probably think it's insignificant, but we've got this issue of kids in the afternoon after school doing stone throwing. Mm. So two different gangs or two different streets. I mean, look at the potential danger in the middle. There's a car that comes past. Mm. There's somebody that's unaware. The stone hits them against the head. It's a head injury. And you it know? starts with stones and it then ends up with, with guns. Stones, yeah. And then it ends up with, with first a knife, knife and then a gun. Yeah. So and then the, the the problem just escalates. So now you ask yourself, okay, where do we unpack this thing? There's only single parents. Kid stays with a the grandmother. There's no food at home. There's drug abuse at home. There's there's boredom. There's no parks. So I also sometimes tell people, oh, everybody's protesting for a house, but they're not extending the hospital. I don't hear anybody protest to say, can we have a bigger hospital, or can we have more doctors, or can we have a bigger clinic? There's no but clinic. When, but when you're sick, then you then you want to complain. Or you want to jump onto Facebook or whatever mm. you do. I'm not mm. criticizing people. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just putting these things out. I speak from the same grounds as where you are. I mean, the one thing that I'm really, you know, looking at or, or looking to, obviously I've got a master's now. I want to get my professorship status. So do a PhD or something. You are more than just a, than just a doctor. You're a philanthropist. You're, you, you're many, many things. Mm. You've given me some homework. Well, you've taught us about the, <laughs> st- the status. The itis. Any, the itis. Any, any, any itis, yeah. Any, any itis, itis yeah. Is inflammation. Is, is inflammation. Yeah. That's why the pain is different because when something starts to throb, then there's a collection of fluid and we normally go and look for pus. So mm. the pain is different. So when I ask people, describe the pain to me. Some people tell me, ah, doc, you're so difficult. Eh? But those are the you're patients. too many questions, yeah, doc. But, but, but those are the patients that are not there for the medical reason. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I unearth him mm-hmm. in a medical way. Because you're a detective yeah. and then a doctor. So I, I, I write down the positive, negative findings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I do. Doc, yeah. I could literally talk to you for hours. I could talk to you for days. And I definitely know this is not going to be the last conversation we have. No. Oh, Dr. Randy Ortel. Thank you for Thank stopping you by, Doc. Okay.